Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Our corrupt system, our late-stage republic, what's going on? What's the big deal? Is it the documents or is it something else? We'll talk about that. We'll talk to Jim Banks tonight. We have a hilarious throwback light in the mood. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Bread and circuses. Ever heard that little line before? Bread and circuses. Where'd that come from? Who came up with that? Where, what is all this? Is that just a line in Gladiator? I think it was in Gladiator. But Well, here's where the line bread and circuses came from. You see, rulers throughout the history of mankind have all understood something. They inherently understand something. And when I say rulers, this applies to whatever you want to call people. Call them prime ministers, call them kings, call them dictators, call them whatever you want to call it. The people in charge, the people who run a society, have always understood something. It's just something you get. They have always understood, on some level, they still get to rule with the consent of the governed. And here's what I mean. Like in America, we have a representative republic. So our leaders understand they have to lie to you once every two to four years to try to get reelected about something. They do have to convince enough people to vote for them, and then they'll, they, they can't get too unpopular, right? They get that. A king, let's say a Roman emperor, even he understood you can't have too high of a percentage of the population mad at you. You can make a bunch mad. You can make them murderously mad. If that number creeps up too high, people are likely to rebel, likely to revolt. You might lose power. That's where they came up with all that bread and circuses stuff. Make sure you're tossing the people some bread. Uh, put on the gladiator games, something, or chariot races. Give the people something to kind of placate them. Look, okay, they're mad. They're mad. They know I'm a corrupt piece of trash. But 
we can make that anger a little less, keep me in power. Bread and circuses. You ha- you're experiencing the same thing right now in this country. And this is what you're experiencing. We are a late-stage republic, as I've explained. You don't need to feel bad about that, as I've explained that, too. We have had an incredible run as a nation. It's been wonderful. And we're not almost done, but as a nation that peaked, oh, that's, that's behind us. We definitely peaked. We're a late-stage republic now. We got too rich, too fat, too bored, too lazy, didn't, didn't stay connected enough to our founding, and now here's what's happening. We have a corrupt bunch of people who run this country from private sector to the administrative state to the elected politicians and none of them have any love of the place so they're just in it all now to loot it that's all they all just want to get rich off the off your back they want to loot the treasury get rich and relax the rest of their lives there's no thought to america they don't care about america most of them hate the freaking place but that's really all they're doing and they're enjoying it but they do understand something it's just, again, rulers in, instinctively understand this. You can't get too mad or then they're in trouble. You see, the Department of Justice, the FBI, whatever you want to call it, the America's law enforcement apparatus, I would argue the past six years have probably done more damage to America's federal law enforcement arms, DOJ, FBI, all that stuff, than at any point throughout the history of the country combined. The last six years, if there was a graph or something like that, and let's say let's say support was flat for the DOJ, FBI, whatnot, and, and you were to ask the average citizen, hey, what do you think about the FBI? But nine out of 10 would be like, oh yeah, the G-men, boys in blue. And then about six years ago, it started to go down and down and down and down and down. That's what's happening right now in the country. And the system, they understand those numbers. You see, they're always polling everything, too. They understand very well that your trust level in the justice system of the nation is going this way. Again, I don't care if you're one of the communists who hate watches the show or you're someone who agrees with me. Your opinion on what I just said doesn't matter. What I just said is a fact. Trust in the justice system is going down, and it's going down fast. And here's another fact to go along with that. That will end the nation if that continues. You cannot, your your nation won't continue to exist for an extended period of time if a high enough percentage of the population feels that there's no justice to be had. The people will simply revolt, civil war, pick pick your end, but there will be an end. The nation won't continue, it cannot continue if that trust continues to go down. So let's say you're one of the people in charge. What do you do about that? Let's say you're Merrick Garland. What do you do about the fact that you're the top law enforcement officer in the country, as attorney general, that's what he is. You know that you are just a lackey for other elites, but you also understand that this this can't continue. This, This has got to stop. Something has to be done to at least stop the dissent. Hey, at least let's flatten it out, right? We gotta stop the dissent. So what do you do? Well. A lot of people have this misconception, to take a little sidestep here, a lot of people have this misconception that in the communist Soviet Union, that there was only one party. There was only the communists. You had to be part of the communist party or you couldn't be in it. You know, that, 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 that's actually not true. Did you know that there was an opposition party? There was. It was created by Stalin and the communists because Stalin and the communists understood this concept very well, you better give the people the illusion of choice. You better give the people, in the case of our Justice Department, the illusion of justice. If they're getting too disenfranchised, too angry, that anger level's getting just too hot, you would better find a way to toss them some bread and put on some circuses or you might find yourself in quite a pickle. Our rulers understand this the same way all corrupt rulers have understood this, which is why you're seeing what you're seeing now. The Trump raid. Trump raid was bad. Bad for the nation. Completely unjustified, but went ahead and ratcheted that anger level up even more. People watched 30 FBI agents storm into Mar-a-Lago, 
they really want, okay, are you going to find dead bodies there? And then remember that they were initially selling us that it was nuclear codes, and then that turned out to not be true, so they're just putting out weird pictures online. Then as well, you had classified documents, and everyone kind of looked around and said, wait, <coughs> you sent 30 FBI agents to his home for classified documents? What? I don't, hold on, you kicked out his lawyer? So that took the anger level up too high. But the system realized it had an opportunity. You see, the system has wanted rid of Joe Biden for a very, very, very long time. Joe Biden, at least for a year, year and a half, has driven the popularity of the Democratic Party down to dangerous levels. They don't concern themselves with popularity too much until it gets to dangerous levels. Joe Biden is such an old fool and a bitter jerk and just generally an unlikable idiot that he's going to hurt you if he's the face of the party. And then you have the midterms. They went, okay, okay, so now you're barely alive, but so is Joe Biden. He's barely alive. And now you need a fresh face for 2024. Okay, so what this provided, the DOJ, was the perfect opportunity. You see, they could toss the masses some bread, give them a circus. At the same time, they can get rid of Joe Biden. You see, Merrick Garland, he gets to get up there now and give this speech. Oh, the DOJ is not political. We do not have different rules for Democrats or Republicans, different rules for the powerful or the powerless, different rules for the rich or for the poor. We apply uh, the facts and the law in each case in a neutral, nonpartisan manner. Well, that's, of course, a lie, of course. Merrick Garland's DOJ has spent the last two years attacking every single Republican group, attacking basically only Republicans for the last two years. You see this guy, Richard Barnett, retired firefighter, the guy that was pictured putting his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. He just got 20, well, he's facing 20 years in prison, 20 years in prison for that dumb stunt. Don't tell me there's no bias. Of course there's bias. Everyone can see it. That idiot got 20 years for putting his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. In the meantime, communist street activists are outside of our Supreme Court justice homes breaking the law every single day. Here they are in front of Kavanaugh's house. Gosh, that's brutal. Anyway, so what you're seeing now with this whole Pence has documents to Trump has documents, Biden has documents, Pence has documents, all you're seeing now is the system giving you some bread and circuses, trying to calm that anger down a little bit. That's why they're already, that's why all the swamp rats are already out there conflating the two now. Okay, Trump had them, Biden had them. Let's all just, let's all just be bipartisan and let it go. Here's the guy Trump just campaigned with in South Carolina, Lindsey Graham. What are your national security questions? I just, what was, you know, what are, same thing for Trump. I mean, why did you do it? What were in the documents? How were they held? who had access to them. Um, let me just say this. I've known President Biden for a long time. I don't think there's, I would be shocked if there's anything sinister here. Of course, the swamp. Lindsey Graham is the swamp. Oh no, I've known him for a long time. These people. Which leads me to one other thing. Look, let's wrap up this little opening of the show here. You know what I think about sometimes? I think about how fast times change. And not just you know, technology-wise. I think about how fast times change when it comes to politics. Because I think about this. Do you remember before you even knew who Barack Obama was? Do you remember that? I do. It was politics. It was the Bushes. It was the Clintons. It was all this. And then there's some senator from Illinois. I'd never heard of him before running for office? Who is this guy? And he was kind of an also-ran in the presidency until he beat Clinton, Hillary Clinton. And then we all woke up and said, wait, what? And now he's Barack Obama. He is the architect of so much. We see eight-year president. He's Barack Obama. You know what? I'll be honest with you, and I can't believe I'm about to say this because this hurts. That feeling I used to get when I looked at Barack Obama and I didn't really know who he was yet, and I think about past Jesse, and I think, boy, you really should have been paying more attention to that guy because he's going to do lots of damage to your country. That's how I feel when I look at Gavin Newsom right now. 
I mean, the, the Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pact, it feels like. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and that's the only question the community wants. So how do you get, what about, I mean, what about our kids when they're going to school? I feel like we should be more worried about that guy than we are. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We have Congressman Jim Banks, one of the good ones. He's going to join us next. We'll talk about all these people getting kicked off a committee, so that's spicy. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about preparations. It gives me peace of mind to make preparations. Every day I wake up to the same headlines you wake up to. This disaster and this disaster, and now every single Tom, Dick, and Harry is guaranteeing a recession, and it's going to be a deep recession. And I get it. What do I do? Sit around stress? No, I make preparation. Does every person in your home have an emergency three-month food kit? Every one of them. Do you have well? Do you have three months worth of food, non-perishable, for every person who lives in your home? If you don't, don't feel bad. I didn't. I was always trying to add you know, granola bars, cans of beans, and stuff like that. My Patriot Supply has finally made this process easy because they have three-month food kits ready to go. They're already ready. And they have them $200 off right now. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Every person in your home needs an emergency three-month food kit. Please don't eat it, by the way. Buy it and stash it for that rainy day that I pray never comes. I hope this goes to waste. MyPatriotSupply.com, $200 off, all right? We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Indiana deserves a conservative fighter in the United States Senate. But the radical Democrats and the spineless Republicans are gonna do everything that they can to stop me. Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden have tried to block me before. They know I won't back down, but I need your help in the fight to restore America. Please go to banksforsenate.com to donate and get involved today. I'm Jim Banks, and I will always fight for our American way of life. America has given me the opportunity of a lifetime, and our daughters and our sons, they deserve nothing less. That's why I'm running for the United States Senate. Please join me. It's the wildest thing. Over the past 10 years or so, I'd say we've had a good group of people in the House come up. Not low-T GOP types, but like a real solid group of people. And yet our Senate is still full of useless turds. There's like four good senators. And so when I find out we actually have an opportunity to get some of the good people over to the place that's full of useless turds, it excites me. How many congressmen do I even like? There's like five. Congressman Jim Banks from Indiana is one of the true good ones out there and now running for Senate, which is freaking awesome. Congressman, why not just stay in the House? What do you want to go be one of those dork senators for? <laughs> for the same reason that you just described, we need to shake up the United States Senate. You know, I've been in the House for six years and disappointed time and time again that there aren't enough Republicans who are fighting back against the radical Democrat agenda in the Senate, where they can actually stop things from happening, like the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill that passed a few weeks ago. If we would have had more conservative fighters in the Senate, we could have stopped it. So that's why I'm running for it. My uh, current senator is running for governor, has opened up the seat. I've already got a, a, a large push by some moderates in my party to block me and recruit a candidate to take me on, but we're off to a good start. Tom Cotton, Marco Rubio endorsed me today. I expect some strong uh, conservative support uh, down the road. We're off to a good start. I'm excited about the campaign ahead. That's a good start. It's definitely a good start. The, the most exciting part about that is they're already recruiting moderates to run against you. That tells me everything I need to know. All right, explain to me. I understand a senator uh, is different than a House member. You have a whole state instead of one district. But why do so many senators 
suck that bad. It doesn't make sense. It should be, like, I would view that as the place where I look for leadership, right? I want to look to my senators as the place to lead. Senator Banks, what do you have to say about something? Instead, they just disappoint you and me time and, time and again, and I don't understand why. Why does that happen? You know, I, I have a political science degree. I don't know that I, I can give you a political theory on this. Other than this, the last six years we've seen the House change and the type of Republicans in the House, the type of leaders in the House, who under, we understand as House Republicans because of what we've been up against with Pelosi as the Speaker, that this is a war. The, the radical left is trying to destroy America, change it from inside out, and turn it into the socialist country that they hope for. And if we don't fight back with the same intensity that the left does, we're gonna lose the war. So the two year election cycles in the House have offered a lot of turnover. You have a lot of the weak, old school establishment Republicans when I first got to the House six years ago who are long gone. Uh, but the six year cycles in the Senate means that that turnover takes a lot longer to happen in the Senate. So I have an opportunity with an open Senate seat in Indiana uh, to go to go to go over to the Senate and be the type of new Republican conservative fighter that the Senate needs to shake it up and push back, fight back against the radical left. That, that's exactly why I'm running. It's what I'm going to do. Let's talk about the House for a moment. One thing I've been pleased with so far is some of the moves I've seen the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, make, including the absolute revenge move of kicking losers like Schiff and Swalwell off of committees. This should be done because they did it to us, and unless there's mutually assured destruction, they'll never stop playing these games. Of course, Hakeem Jeffries is whining about it. What say you? Well, I'm the guy that got kicked off of a committee by Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that I feel? I mean, Nancy Pelosi was <laughs> never forced to answer the question by the left-wing mainstream media about why she blocked me from serving on the fake sham January 6th committee, the first time in congressional history that the Speaker of the House denied the appointments of the minority leader to serve on a select committee. I'm, I'm the guy, it's on my Wikipedia page. It says I'm the first guy in congressional history to be kicked off uh, and blocked from a committee by the Speaker. So you better believe it that I, I expect uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy to do exactly what he did. He, he kept his word and he's blocking Eric Swalwell, who was engaged in a in a sex scandal with a Chinese Communist Party spy. How in the world do Democrats with a straight face believe, could they believe that this guy deserves to be on the powerful and important intelligence committee handling classified information when he was caught with a Chinese Communist spy? Uh, and then you have, and then you have uh, Schiff, who is a known liar. He's lied about all kinds of issues, but issues related to the national security of our country, that guy should never be allowed anywhere near classified documents and important national security related secrets for our country. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm very pleased that Speaker McCarthy followed through on his word uh, to kick these two uh, goons off of the important Intel Committee. And I'm, 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 uh, I'm standing up for him and, and, and see that just like you do as a sign of, of how different House Republican leadership is than they were six years ago when I first came to Congress. All right. Finally, I've got to ask you about the drug abuse in this country. Obviously, we have people in Seattle talking about they, the morgues are filling up. We don't need to go into all the details of it. But this fentanyl crisis is real. I don't expect Congress and the Senate to be able to solve a fentanyl crisis. But what can we do? We are an addicted nation and we're killing ourselves. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's really crazy. Uh, it's sad. And I don't, I don't talk to hardly any family anymore in Indiana who hasn't been affected by the drug crisis. Fentanyl, the leading oh, cause of death of Americans, yours and, and my age today. But there is something that we can do about it. And that's stop the supply of fentanyl and drugs coming over the wide open southern border. Demand that the Biden administration secure the border, build the wall, uh, 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 stop the stop the drug cartels from having full and free reign of our southern border, declare war on the Mexican drug cartels. So th this madness has to stop. I actually think Congress can do a lot to stop it. I'm not. I, I said last week I will not support raising the debt limit 
or frankly, any other massive omnibus or spending bill until this administration secures the border first. That, that should be the first and primary responsibility of the Biden administration. They're not doing it. So why, why would I vote for any more uh, government spending uh, above uh, normal levels of where it is today if the, if the Biden administration isn't spending money where it, where it should be spent on, which is, is to save this country and secure the border? Can you give out your website again, Congressman, because you're one of the few people I actually want in the Senate? Banksforsenate.com. I, I really appreciate it. We're off to a strong and great start, but we need your help. I mean, they're they're coming after me. We, we already see it. We already know it. Uh, we know who they're recruiting to run against me. So we, we very much appreciate your help. Go to Banksforsenate.com and help us out today. Banksforsenate.com. How often do I do that? I never do that. How about that? Congressman, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. No more low T GOP. I should, you know what I should ask Jim? I bet you he's on a male vitality stack from Chalk. He's only been in Congress for six years. He's the one holding McCarthy's feet to the fire. Getting concessions. Joe Biden, no, you don't get your debt limit. Build a wall. I bet your money is on a male vitality stack. Natural herbal supplements. Not big pharma filth. Natural herbal supplements. 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days. Do you have any idea, fellas, how much different you'll feel? Ladies, don't worry. They have a female vitality stack. Are you ready to be bursting with energy at 2 or 3 in the afternoon instead of just dying and needing a cup of coffee? Go get a subscription, a chalk subscription. They have endless natural herbal supplements. I, I take the whole male vitality stack every day. That's what I take. I also use their lip powder every day. The wife makes smoothies with it. Just... Go see what they have, all right? 35% off subscriptions. You cancel it if it doesn't do exactly what I tell you it does. But it does. Go to chalk.com. Promo code JESSE gets you that 35% off. Chalk.com. Promo JESSE. We'll be back. I can't tell you what's going on in all of China and in other things. But right. I can tell you for sure... That if you look at the viruses that the NIH grant funded to study in a surveillance way, anybody who even has a peripheral understanding of evolutionary virology will tell you these viruses could not possibly turn into SARS-CoV-2. So when you talk about a leak, maybe there's a lab leak, but it's not with the viruses that the NIH was funding. That's almost certain that that's the case. That's... Almost certain. Huh. I use that line all the time. Honey, did you take the trash out? Huh. You know, I'm almost sure I did. Joining me now, Natalie Winters, executive editor of warroom.org. Hey, Natalie, no worries. Fauci is almost certain that none of our money went to these people. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me. I don't know if you're trying to torture me, given the fact that Anthony Fauci resigned from public <laughs> office, but he still seems to be doing his media tour. He can't get enough of these airwaves. This is just the same, I mean, bloviation that we're, we're used to from Anthony Fauci. But what it really is, is the fact that he can never admit to the truth, which is that taxpayer dollars coming from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases did go to the Wuhan Institute of Virology um, in partnership with EcoHealth Alliance to conduct research that even in the NIH's own words, people who are more powerful than Anthony Fauci admit was gain of function research had to do with the manipulation of pathogens to make them more deadly to humans. But the, fu the fundamental issue here too is that even if they weren't dealing with gain of function research, right? even if it wasn't the explicit manipulation of pathogens, this money was still going to a laboratory that is run by the Chinese Communist Party. And even more concerning, has links, despite the fact that they've tried to delete it from their website, uh, to the People's Liberation Army. So even if they were just you know, conducting research for the sake of scientific uh, inquiry and discovery, it wouldn't matter because you're giving money to the Chinese Communist Party and more precisely the People's Liberation Army. Natalie, what's the EcoHealth Alliance? It sounds so nice. I mean, just EcoHealth, it sounds very pleasant. So innocuous sounding, just like the Chinese Communist Party sounds like a party, uh, but it's not the case as you could probably imagine. So EcoHealth Alliance, I think is a perfect example, right? When you talk about the rise of China 
and how the CCP has inflicted so much chaos in this country, oftentimes they do it in tandem with American counterparts who assist them, right? Whether it's people who sell out to them like politicians, people on Wall Street, but the same goes for really the kind of broader, what I would call the kind of biopharmaceutical, the medical industrial complex. And EcoHealth Alliance is a perfect example of a scientific nonprofit. It's based in New York. Um, that has collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So under the pretext um, of purporting to work with pandemic prevention, which in my humble opinion really is just a racket because the same people who are allegedly stopping these pandemics and failing to do so are the same people who are then profiting from, uh, from the, the cures. But EcoHealth Alliance is this group that really spearheaded collaborations with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They're listed on this lab's website as a partner. And a lot of this bat coronavirus-focused research um, was conducted under the auspices of a grant given to EcoHealth Alliance, which was then funneled to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But why EcoHealth Alliance has also played a critical role. And it's sort of hard to keep track of because there are so many moving parts, but the president of this organization, an individual by the name of Peter Doshak, has also really been one of the leading voices um, trying to silence people like me, like yourself, who've called for real raw investigations into the origins of COVID-19, calling people like me and you conspiracy theorists because we dared to say the word lab leak. Um, he served on the World Health Organization's COVID-19 origins investigation team, but never disclosed the fact that he was a partner of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He had a similar role until he was forced to step down uh, on the Lancet Committee. So he really is is a COVID-19 propagandist. I call COVID the weapon of mass destruction, and Peter Doshak is the weapon of mass distraction. Natalie, you do so much great reporting on this. You're probably the perfect one to ask. Why would a government, even one as broken and stupid as ours, why would they continue to fund, continue to work with the Chinese Communist Party? It's not like they don't know these links. Of course they know these links. And yet millions of your money and my money continues to go to these people. Why? Well, it's in your face because they know they can get away with it. Remember, these are the same people who were calling for a pandemic amnesty. Um, and if you're scared of that, right, if you're scared of that concept, they've essentially already done that in the form of the recent story we broke, how they're still giving taxpayer funds to EcoHealth Alliance to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. And fundamentally, the issue is that the people who work in these institutions are really compromised by the Chinese Communist Party because they believe that the United States and Beijing can collaborate and that the byproducts will be fruitful uh, for the world writ large. Look no further than the fact that Anthony Fauci's replacement um, is an individual who was actually the former deputy director of the NIAID, so I kind of just call him Fauci Light, but he was really the point person. He actually traveled to Beijing to sign memorandums of understanding with the Chinese Communist Party. So the point is, is that there really is just a lack of people who haven't subscribed to this ideology that are held in, in high enough positions to kind of take over the reins, because in order to get to that level of government, uh, you have to, I would argue, sell your soul to the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and then you sort of see that with the fact of, of who Fauci's replacement is, but it's really a systemic issue. The devil, as they say, is in the details always, and lost in all this Biden document scandal is the Hunter Biden rent payment. This was the spot, this was what popped off the page at me when I read it, and I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Okay, so this is an allegedly million-dollar home, and Hunter Biden was paying dad $49,000 a month to stay in this home. So obviously people have picked up on this. Some are saying it's money laundering, some are saying it's Sweden. I just can't get that figure out of my head. What have you found? So this is certainly another kind of crazy Biden tale that we're trying to piece together, really with just the information we have access to because the Biden regime is not being too transparent. But I think what's so interesting about this story and the angle that I focused on at War Room is where exactly the money was coming from to pay this $50,000 sum. And even though there's some allegations that it came from a company called Owasco, 
uh, you can see from documents that I obtained from the, the hard drive from hell that the source of funds was actually Rosemont Seneca Advisors, which people may recall is an offshoot of the broader Rosemont Capital, which was founded back in 2009 with the stepson of John Kerry and Hunter Biden. And a lot of these spinoffs, this was the primary conduit whereby they conducted business with the Chinese Communist Party. So really kind of it's murderer's row um, of all these Chinese Communist Party, either businesses or kind of foreign agents, foreign influence agents um, who are funneling money. So some of the entities, because this is an expense report that you can see that we're putting money into the company, the sources of income are invariably linked to the Chinese Communist Party. There's no doubt there. Even the U.S. Senate has issued reports documenting how these entities are controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. So this just sort of lends further credence to the fact that if you can prove that money laundering was happening, uh, the kind of genesis of the funds was the Chinese Communist Party. There's still some reporting that needs to be done, right? How to actually kind of conceptualize what to make of this $49,000 sum. But I will say, as someone who really has done a lot of reporting on the Hunter Biden hard drive, it's very curious to me why they would actually need office space, given the fact that Hunter Biden really didn't conduct business in any traditional way, right? They didn't actually hold meetings. They weren't actually having strategy sessions. Um, so for the people who are saying it was the House of Sweden office space, uh, that also doesn't really seem realistic. It seems like at the last second they got their deposit back on that office space and sort of pivoted to instead using this money uh, to rent out allegedly Joe's house. But it really is confusing and kind of where there's smoke, there's fire, I think is an uh, applicable uh, mindset to take to this situation. And anywhere that, you know, the Biden family is and there's Chinese Communist Party money, uh, it's definitely a conflict of interest and there's definitely more to unravel. Uh, stepson of John Kerry and Hunter Biden. The whole leadership of this country really is bought off by China. Natalie, outstanding as always. Come back soon. Thank you. Jeez. What a... Now you know what I mean? By looting the treasury, late stage republic. God, these people are filthy. All right. Speaking of filthy, we have an, kind of a dark story. I don't usually do many that are this dark, but thought it would probably be appropriate to bring this reporting to light. Mia Cathell has a story about some gay adoptive parents who adopted and horrifically abused their adopted children. It's, it's really bad, but I'm going to bring it to you next. Mia's going to come on, so buckle up for that one. Ugh. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Let's get to you making decisions you regret. Getting that timeshare is one of those ones that's always towards the top of people's lists. You know how it is. You go to the seminar, you're looking at white sandy beaches, the mountain cabin somewhere, the salesman's pretty slick, it all sounds fun. And maybe you get it and maybe you used it for a while, maybe it was fun, but now you're getting older, kids have moved away, whatever the reason, you don't want it anymore. Okay, understandable. But they're telling you you're stuck in it for life, basically. No, no, read the fine print. You got to pay those annual fees every year. Sorry, you can't go anywhere. Lone Star Transfer has been onto this scam for a long time, and they've been helping people legally and permanently get out for a long time. Their success ratio is 99%, so they kind of know what they're doing. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You're not stuck in your timeshare. Make a phone call, all right? 844-310-2646. You are one phone call from Freedom. 844-310-2646. We'll be back. They come in blazing with um, AK-47s or whatever. Um, how many people was it? 10, 15, a lot. They were doing like a, a drug bust or something. Yeah, you can tell in that mugshot that he has a big bruise on the left side of his face. Yeah, Looks they slammed like, him against the floor in the foyer. He had bruises on his what? knees, his face. Who are these people? What's going on here? I'm going to tell you in a second. I have to do it with something I rarely do on this show. I have to have a little disclaimer. We don't generally do disclaimers, but 
I know you watch this show as a family. Many of you do. I know I get your emails, and I love that. You sit down, you watch with your kids, and I get all that, and we're never going to do any rated R stuff on the show. But I should warn you that this story, uh, broken to her credit by Mia Cathell, who's going to join us here in a second, this story is one of the more horrific, uglier stories I've ever seen in my life. And it's a little dark. All right? So, look, if you, if you got little kids, you might want to take a 10-minute break. If you're there ready for this, then buckle up, all right? Joining me now, great reporter for Town Hall, Mia Cathell. Mia, you're the one breaking all this stuff. Uh, it's, we've talked before. It's so horrible that I don't even want to talk about it again, but I do want people to know. So please, from the beginning, what's going on with these people? Who are those people in those mug shots? Yes, so these gay activist couple, William and Zachary Zulak, they're accused on a slew of felony child sex crimes, including incest, sodomy, and felony prostitution of a minor. Uh, not only did they allegedly rape the two brothers they adopted through a Christian special needs adoption agency, they were pimping them out to nearby pedophiles in Atlanta area suburbs. This is what my months long town hall investigation discovered. And as I was going through these never before seen court documents, it just made my stomach sick to see one the heinous crimes that they are, but two, that the public doesn't know about it. This is something that's happening in people's backyards. We don't see any local outlets in Atlanta, let alone national outlets picking up on this story because it's very inconvenient to the narrative that uh, these very prominent LGBT activists uh, were using their children, allegedly, to make child pornography, to distribute it to other child predators nearby. Oh, I feel sick to my stomach. Okay. Let's, let's begin at the beginning and pretend nobody's ever read this story because I know a lot of people watching don't have any idea what we're talking about. Who are these kids? Who's the couple? So these kids, uh, they were uh, 9 and 11 as of right now. Uh, the child sexual abuse is alleged to have started years earlier. So this is serial routine child sexual abuse. They were adopted by this faith-based agency in Georgia. And this couple, their adoptive fathers, are the ones who are accused of performing these heinous crimes against them. And so right now, um, they're in pretrial detainment. Both are being held separately. This is taking place in an affluent suburb in Georgia. And we have recorded jailhouse calls that were shared with Town Hall that show uh, where their mindsets are right now, because they're not remorseful and they don't seem to care about the boys, even though uh, DFCS has their children and they signed over parental rights of the kids. They're worried about me right now. They're worried about uh, how they're going to be treated in jail. Uh, they barely asked about the kids. They barely asked where the boys are. They're just worried about uh, how jail is going to treat them. One right now, uh, he seems to be experiencing what's called jail justice. A cellmate uh, allegedly laced his drink. The other one who's lactose intolerant, he is worried about the soy patties and the quality of the bologna and cheese sandwiches in jail. And so that's what we are right now with this criminal case playing out in Georgia. Mia, can you rewind on something here? You said a faith-based adoption agency. Now, I know there are a lot of those. Now, most of the ones I know of, they wouldn't work with two gay dudes to get them a child. That clearly wasn't the case here, though. Right. Uh, one of the adoptive fathers, Zachary, was actually previously accused of luring a 14-year-old boy to a house in the same county as this case and raping the child, but charges weren't ever filed. In the sheriff's office, uh, they told me that they had different investigatory standards back then. Now, this is 2011. This isn't 50 years ago. This happened barely over a decade ago, and apparently there was not a lot of investigation into it, as the district attorney's office said. And so now they've reopened the case, um, and they're looking back into it, they tell me. But I wonder if this was ever documented somewhere because charges weren't filed even though there's a police incident report that the case is based on. So you wonder if the agency, if the state's child welfare system even saw this on the one guy's, you know, criminal history, but how can a previously accused child rapist go on to adopt two children? That's just beyond me. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, Mia, you mentioned this suburban pedophile ring. Now I and a bunch of my viewers, we live in the burbs. This is suburban North America. What, what exactly is a, a suburban pedophile ring exactly? Yes, so the one adopted father admitted to sending the child pornography to less than a dozen people. And so there are as many as 12 
uh, child predators that are still out there. They're still sending and circulating videos of these boys. And so they use popular social media apps like Grindr to connect with other child predators and Snapchat to send the child pornography. So they're hiding in plain sight. They're in our neighborhoods, they're in our communities. And it's just terrifying to think Usually this is something that would happen in the city. You think the criminal underbelly, uh, human trafficking is a huge issue in Atlanta, but this was happening in a wealthy neighborhood uh, where public schools are. There's grief. Okay, and I know they're minors, so you're probably not privileged to this information, but the status of the children, because these children went from being in foster care to being adopted by these monsters, abused, and then ripped back away from them, obviously, and they're clearly not going to see dad and dad ever again. Where are the kids now? Yes, the children are back in foster care where they started. The state intervened and took them from a broken household already. Their biological parents were addicted to heroin. They put them in this abusive household with two alleged pedophiles, and now they're back in foster care. You know, this cycle could be continuing. They could be with even worse people for all we know. And so all we can do is just pray that they're safe, pray that they've started to heal, but the state is the one, the same authority, the same power that put them into this situation to begin with. And for right now, it seems like they're patting themselves on, a back, on their backs for a job well done for rescuing the boys, but they were the ones that put them there to begin with. And so we don't really see any accountability. Mia Cathell, go read her stuff, townhall.com. Good work, Mia. Thank you, Jesse. All right. Gosh, we need to lighten the mood after that, right? That was, that was, I just cannot believe kids already stuck in the foster care system, heroin parents, get pulled out of that, get thrown into hell, and pulled out of that, right back into foster care. Say a prayer for those kids. All right, we're going to get to lighten the mood, all right? Tell you what, here's what we'll do. You'll finally make your wife warm. You see, here in Texas, because these enviro nutters continue to mess with our power grid here too, believe it or not, we, if it gets really cold in the winter, and it does, we lose gas. We run out. It's not like there's a leak in the line. We run out of gas. So people are scrambling every single winter for electric forms of heat. I had the Gen 40 from Eden Pier. About that big, I'd say. Rotates up and down, rotates back and forth. Infrared heat. So that curious puppy of yours, don't want to press his nose on it, that little child you have. Infrared heat. Heats up the entire room. The Gen 40 heater from Eden Pure, and they're 50 bucks off right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE, Get you 50 bucks off. EdenPureDeals.com promo Jesse. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And you probably remember the old Kavanaugh protests. You remember that, right? Brett Kavanaugh was going up for to be in the Supreme Court. And then there were all these horrible protests by the communists back in Washington, D.C. And you probably remember that this is kind of before I ended up getting this show on the first and before I ended up getting a radio show. I was just kind of goofing off and having fun. And I decided I was going to go undercover in the Kavanaugh protests. Well, here's what you might not understand. Everyone remembers the part of me meeting Elizabeth Warren, running into Elizabeth Warren at the protests on Capitol Hill. If you don't remember, don't worry. We're going to play it for you in a second. But... You know, that was totally luck. Me and a couple buddies just got to Capitol Hill and I was in the undercover t-shirt and glasses. Only we were behind the Supreme Court. So we're here and the Supreme Court is here and the protests are here, right? So we're back behind it. We have to figure out how to get around the Supreme Court. And we're looking for different avenues. Hey, what sidewalk do we take? And we look down this avenue and we think, wait, that's Elizabeth Warren. She was coming from the front back our way. I said, I think that's Elizabeth Warren. They're like, yeah, I think that's Elizabeth Warren. Turn the camera on. And we took off down that sidewalk for Elizabeth Warren. And that brought the video I'm going to show you in a second. Before I get to that video, let's do this really quickly, though. <clears throat> when times get tough, especially, really all the time, when times get tough and when you're facing some uncertainty out there financially, it is important. The best, best advice I ever got was buy things you can touch and feel. Touch and feel. Where do you go? What do you buy? 
What did Carol Roth tell you all the time on the show? Hard assets. You know you should have gold and silver as part of your 401k, your IRA, right? That prevents the market from wiping out another 30% of your wealth like it did last year. That's solid stuff. Oxford Gold Group, they have a one, two, three protection plan. What is that? It's getting gold and silver in your 401k and IRA. Not all of it. It's a protection plan. Consider it insurance for your retirement. Call them, all right? They're my people. Call them. Call 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. I don't work with anybody else. They'll send gold and silver to your house. They'll do your 401k, IRA. Oxford Gold is your route, all right? All right. So here was me running, running into old Liz. Love you. Love your t-shirt. Run for president, please. Right now, we got to be in this fight. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Take Appreciate care. You. He's going down tonight. That was so fun. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.